Welcome to Table Manners Podcast. Table Manners. Create your own lane with your host, Emmett Combs and Tremaine Wright. Us against the world, let's get it. As they share conversations about real estate. Invest in things that you understand. Life. I had to believe in myself like never before. Passion. Make something you 100% love. And career with influential people in our community. This is Table Manners Podcast. Welcome to Table Manners Podcast, man. Um, I'm Emmett Combs, your host, and we have a co-host here. Tremaine Wright. I want to welcome uh, Vernon and Eugene Macklin, the Macklin brothers, to the show, man. Appreciate having you guys. So, um, you know, tell us a little background about, you know, where you're from, you know, and, and what brought you here to Orlando. And, of course, you know... Um, our theme of the show is create your own lane. So I know we talked we talked to your brother about it. So I just want to um, just let you know the theme of the show is about creating your own lane. So um, give us some background from where you guys are from and how you got here in Orlando. Well, from uh, we both from Virginia, um, Portsmouth, Virginia, and um, for me, uh, my most part was when I came to UF. I used to okay. always come to Orlando with one of my teammates, and um, I just loved the area, you know what I mean? So when I left college, I just kept on thinking, like, All right, I want to move somewhere. So this area where I wanted to come to, it specifically was in Orlando, just like the Winter Garden area. Mm-hmm. But when we came out here, it was just like, it was just so much, like, we never seen before in Virginia, like the building, the growth, like mm-hmm. everyone around. Mm-hmm. Like from Virginia, we've seen the same streets, the same homes, like no building. So when we got here, it was like, man, this is like amazing. So we want to start businesses, you know what I mean? Just uh, build from there and just do something different that we're not used to seeing from where we're from. But we've seen a lot of people out here moving that way. Got it. So when when you started out, basketball, so basketball, UF brought you to Florida. Yep. And both of you guys came at the same time or? No, I was still in the Army, so he was in college. I was actually in Afghanistan, so basically I came out here right after that. So, okay, okay. So how long you served? Nine years. Nine years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, so so how was life, like, transitioning from that back to the real world? Mm-hmm. It was pretty easy. I mean, doing security, um, I had my family, so it wasn't like I disappeared. And Got it. Everything was just better. Like, it wasn't that hard. Like. Mm-hmm. Getting back to like a regular routine every single day, that mm-hmm. was hard because I had freedom now. I ain't really had to be somewhere at five o'clock, at six, at seven. So it, it wasn't that bad, you know. So in the middle, are you doing a, when you left, your, does your, MO, your MOS um, translate to civilian life? Yeah, of course. Like if, if you're an MP, you can come out and be a police yeah. officer or. Mm-hmm. If you do cargo, security, you can do security out. It's the same thing. You just okay. got to make sure you put it on your resume, and then it's it's pretty simple. Oh, so you was an MP? No, I did I did security, but I did cargo. So when I came okay. out, I still was at, being that I was in the Army, I can get security. Okay, yeah, that's, so that's, that's the same thing. Yeah. I, I know we touched on earlier that you was going. I'm actually from Hampton. Oh, seven. Yeah, five. Hampton, and because uh, I moved back down here uh, from Newport News because uh, my dad was in the military, retired in Alabama, but all my family's in Virginia, so I know about the seven cities. Yes, sir. That, that's where all the ball is at right there. Yeah, man. Football started now. We get some hoopers out there now for the most yeah, part. Yeah, some hoopers. Like Iverson, Vic, yeah, Marcus man. Vic. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot up there, man. That court, so is the competition better up there or down here? 
Football, for sure, they got football down here. I would say football is big in Florida, you know what I mean? But we, we got a few stars from, from 7-5 that do their thing. But um, basketball, uh, it's a toss-up. It depends on the year, you know what I mean? Like when AI and them guys was coming out, they had like dogs, you know, then mm -hmm. you had, you know, Vic and, you know, obviously uh, the Lonzos and Joe Smiths. But then there was a gap, like a huge gap for a while, you know yeah, what I mean? Correct. So that's when Florida was... Obviously, so, and I noticed that when I got out here to Florida, I started seeing how it was. You know what I mean? I would definitely say there's a gap now because I don't really hear too many people coming from VA as as that era right there, where Iverson, Vic, Marcus, Joe, and all them. I think Patrick Ewing from there too, correct? No, no. Uh, he went to Georgetown, but yeah. Currently, we got Dorian Finney-Smith from Portsmouth. We from the seven five. So okay, he's in the league with Dallas Mavericks. So that's okay. That's I didn't know that. The city, yeah. Okay, good old good old Portsmouth. Yeah. Do y'all go home and visit any? Yeah, we go back here and there. It's a little different when you, you know what I mean, when you go back. So we try to well, be in and out. <laughs> trust me, I understand. I know when we go, uh, we used well before my aunt passed, we used to go to her house. She's the one cook. We didn't really do too much. It was like a family reunion every time we went home, in a ways. So uh, that's that's pretty cool to, uh, to hear some other people, some fellow uh, seven cities. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you, man. So so look, I, I really didn't give a, a proper introduction to Vernon. Vernon is a professional athlete. Um, right now, he's over playing professional um, ball in Korea. So from the standpoint of, like, from college, did you did you always, you know, have professional, like, as your goal in did, playing overseas? Was that part of the option or the plan? Like, how was that transition going to play international ball? And then, like, how's the dynamic with your family and living even now and then, what, like, what role did COVID play in that whole process? Like, how you transitioning with that? Um, first, like for me, um, when we first, when I first came out as far as playing, I didn't even think about overseas until literally a conversation. I, my mind was all NBA, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I got in Florida, I was playing well. I was like, I'm going to the league. I happened, I got drafted and everything. I played a year in the NBA, but... I had a conversation with um, a friend of mine. He asked me, what would you do your, your, your backup plan? And at the time, I didn't have one. He asked me, would you go overseas? And I was like, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. But my first year overseas, I didn't. it didn't work well for me. I stayed for two, three months, and I got out the contract because I just couldn't mentally do it. You know what I mean? But now I'm nine mm -hmm. years in. So it's like with my family, and my son was born at the time. My son was just about to be born, so I couldn't do it. I just got out the contract and came home. But now it's like I, my family understand um, I get in my contract, so they'll come out at a certain time, so I get to be with them for a certain time. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending upon the deals I take, depending upon how long I got to stay, whether it's seven months, four months, 10 months. But since the COVID, it, it backed a lot of things up. Like I'm normally going by now, um, by like mid, August, you know, we'd be gone, but depending upon your visa, my visa expires, so I gotta wait now until they accept more visas. You know oh, what I mean? wow. So, yeah, that's how the that's COVID crazy. And so, this is weird for a lot of players. And so I wanna, I heard you say you got drafted. What round did you get drafted? Second round. Okay, so you, you played one year? One year in Detroit. So what happened after that one year? For me, it was like I got to a team with a bunch of older vets. And at the time, you know, 2011-12, uh, like it was like a vets league. Now it was about the young guys. They let the young guys shine because they understand your franchise can grow from young guys, not too many old guys. So, But when I was in the league, it was about the vets. Like Ben Wallace, it was his last year, so I was behind him. We had Charlie Villa on the wave. Uh, we had like older vets, so I wasn't getting as much playing time. So gotcha. even though I was practicing hard when it came to the game, they played the vets, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. by it was time for contract year. People was offering me non-guaranteed deals at the time. My mm. son was about to be born, so I oh. took a guaranteed deal, 
and was thinking in my mind, I'll I just get back over there. But So with non-guarantee, that means you you get paid when you play? Well, non-guarantee at that time, you know what I mean? You go in a training camp and they don't, they don't got to pay you. You got to make the team. You make the roster. So if you get hurt in training camp, they pay for the surgery and then you go from there. I didn't didn't know the details mm-hmm. into that until you yeah. just explained that. I just thought, no, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, so you go to training camp and do all that and don't get paid. I did that two years of my career. I went to New Orleans training camp and I went to New Orleans was the training camp. I actually talked to the GM and literally walked out like day four or day five because I realized it wasn't going to fit. You know what I mean? They had me going through everything, like early mornings, and it was really? non-guaranteed. And I had hurt my knee, so I was like, you know, I'm oh, out of here. Wow. So I just literally walked and went right overseas with that kind of a knee problem, but it was a guaranteed deal. That's why I continue to do overseas, because they guaranteed my guarantee. contract. So if anything happened, oh, I, don't would, I could take care of my family. So I'm assuming your knee got better. Yeah, it did, but at that time it was bad, so I was nervous. Like I can't be over here in non-guaranteed contract. My knee starting to hurt. They cut me any day. Like I'm, I gotta feed my family, so I just yeah. left just like that. Oh, you didn't educated me on something that I never knew that. It's wild. But it's I already know it's 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 just different. So how is like life? Do they treat you like a celebrity over there? Like how is that that aspect? It's the same dynamic as like NBA players here in the U.S. as they do overseas. It depends. Like it depends the country. Like I've been in the Middle East where it's like nonchalant. Like they they got money, so it's like mm-hmm. they don't really care about the basketball. But out of in the Philippines where they treat their local players like they're in the NBA, so their PBA is like the NBA. So they love you as fans. Mm-hmm. You get on TV shows. So mm-hmm. the PBA in the Philippines is probably one of the most celebrity type player roles you can play overseas. Probably like China. And uh, I would say uh, maybe like Korea, like those are big. I know, like Spain and stuff like that, those big markets. So they treat you like a celebrity, but not everywhere overseas treat you that way. They just walk past you sometimes. Gotcha. Got it. Got it. Is the is the pay is um, I know it's not as lucrative as NBA, but is it still good? It's good. It's good. You got some guys who turn down certain situations. I wasn't in that situation, but some guys that have a bigger deal overseas than a non-guarantee offer, you know, so some guys will be overseas and make like a couple million. Some guys will be overseas and make, you know, six figures. Some guys overseas make 20000 for the year. So, you know what I mean? It, it, it differs on where you play in your mm-hmm. status. So, my, uh, did you play against Lonzo Ball, his brothers and them? No, nah, no, nah, I didn't get to play against them. They, they actually, when I was in Japan, the team I was on in Japan, uh, Kawasaki, the year Lonzo and Melo, I mean, Jello was going overseas, mm-hmm. they actually tried to get on the team. They sent, like, an offer to the team, but it was like, we didn't want to do it. But that gotcha. would probably been the closest, but the team was thinking about it for the, like, publicity. Publicity, I guess. yeah, because yeah. all the publicity they did have behind them. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting. So, what is like the that that transitional moment that um like you go to college, you leave, you go to the league, you end up overseas, all right? Now, what does that foundation look like for us long term? Like, do you have that 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 structure? Okay, so after this, we finna launch this, or we finna push this? Because I know the brother, I know the brother got the the, the mobile detailing, and I know he'd be booming that. So like far as creating your own lane in your own way like how does that look for you uh for me I, like uh for me I, I love the game of, of basketball but sometimes the business side of things be a little bit different so i started like thinking business so all my moves to basketball has been business related since for mm-hmm. a while so mines would be something along the line and in, in business so whether it's agency for players whether it's yeah. you know management okay. like it's just something i want to that's the role i'm taking like you know even like small investments to certain ways to, to do those Got things as well as you know making it out the basketball that's the lane i 
don't want to take as far as that. Not like being, no disrespect to the coaching style, but like I want to do like the business side of things because at the end of the day, no matter how good you is, that business is going to outweigh that. Period. 100% correct. And, and especially being a coach, you always can be in and the next day you're out. Yeah. That job is, yeah. especially these days, coaching is definitely not guaranteed if you think so. You can have a good year and then the next year you go. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, do you see any opportunities for like young athletes coming up um, between the, the NBA and the international market? Do you see any opportunities where young athletes could position themselves a little bit better to take advantage of, you know, maybe the international market where you got more guarantee or you know what I mean? To give more options of what they can do for structuring themselves after college. Um, so, something like now, the like when I came out, the D League slash G League wasn't an option. Like you can't use eighteen thousand for the year, but now mm-hmm. they're making a difference. So they offering guys sometimes six figures, giving you That's a right. chance of getting to the NBA. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have that chance, my I will honestly say like right away, depending upon your situation, like if you don't have that time, because with this basketball, that time table is real short. You don't really understand how short it is though. But if you come out of school and you thinking about D League for the NBA and it ain't looking that bright, like my thing with, I would say get overseas, get a nice situation, get some bread, and then you can make that route. Cause I knew guys when I was in the D League, when I was in the NBA, they sent me down. It was guys down there hurting, you know what I mean? Like, really? Yeah, like just struggling, getting money like 500 every two weeks, you know what I mean? Trying come to figure on. it out. It was wild, man. Like, and I was just sitting down there like at the time I was on the NBA contract but I was confused like man dudes is like leaving college and doing this like you might well go overseas and get whether it's 5000 a month 7th or something like you getting yeah. dudes getting $1,000 a month over there so the D-League nope everybody's not on guaranteed money no it was like it's, nah, it's two or three contracts like and you can get released at any time unless you're one of the guys who like a marquee guy like you either a top guy in college and just barely missed the draft and they tick you over there because the team will pick you up. But other than that, like, you go there on your own wheel. It's like, like pick up. Yeah. Uh, on your own wheel. If you go on your own wheel, it's like, pick up. But if you're, like, a top guy, it's not. But if you on your own, it's like, yo, if you, like, a guy three years moved from college and you ain't got a resume and you go, like, yeah, it's like, pick up. What? And all them games they play? Yeah. Oh, and you travel three planes. That, that's like they do the... You a Lakers fan. Yeah. Remember the dude that came with the Lakers? Ingram. I played against him. He's like the legend. He played in the D-League for like 20. He, yeah. They calculate how much money he made. It was nothing. Bro, dude made, dude made like, I don't <laughs> know, know that dude made like, 50, like, like or something. Like close to like 200. Bro, all, all them years. All them years. That's crazy. Later D-League and scoring, like. The best like uh, three-point shooter and everything. He came. Did he even get a contract with the Lakers? No. Nah, they, you think about the damage his body took? But just that, that's crazy. He was a touch two teacher on his off time. Like, I knew him, like, you know what I mean? So when they was done, he was doing substitute teacher, you know what I mean? I knew a lot of guys when the D-League was over, they would go get a job, then start back over in the D-League. Like, man, you got to have real fashion, man. But <laughs> so, if, you, if you're doing all that, the chance of the NBA finding you is very slim to none and keeping you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're looking at guys who closer, who, you know what I mean, resume closer, great yeah. in college, doing well, you know what I mean? They're not looking at a guy that far removed, so you're wasting your time in there. Mm-hmm. So... Vernon, so what, how do you play in all this? The sports, do you go to his games overseas sometimes to check him out? Yeah, I mean, now I got to work, so I can't yeah. go overseas. But before that, yeah, I have to go to all his games. Like, that was my main goal. And when I went to the Army, it kind of slimmed down. But, yeah, I try to go to 99% of his games, so. Look, t- tell me about the mobile, the mobile um, detailing. Like, tell me about that. Um, like, because... When, when I first found out about you guys, like, it's booming on social media. 
So I don't know how long before you guys had started. So give me the background about the mobile detailing because now you guys are everywhere. Every time I look on social media, you got the Rolls Royce, you got the Bentley. It's looking good, you know? <laughs> I mean, um, we did it together. Like, we did our homework and we took a lot of months just, you know, just making sure we ain't make that many mistakes. You can make mistakes, but you try to minimize and just take the smartest route. And the social media, that's all, bro. Like, I kind of got away from social media for a while when I was mm -hmm. in the Army, so mm -hmm. I ain't really deal with that. He he, real familiar with that. And I went to the school, and we just wanted to make sure we did it professional, did it right. You know? So, y'all, so if I listen to him, y'all do a lot of luxury cars. Yeah, we do all types of cars, but, yeah, we do a lot of luxury cars. How do you even tap into that? What you mean? Like, just like, networking, just, like I said, networking on social media, passing out flyers, passing out business cards, um, just driving by. Or they see you detailing, and they ride past and say, hey, what about me? So it's, it's all kind of ways you can get to that. It's all kind of ways. Gotcha. So what what was the turning point when you said, man, I got I to gotta do my own thing, you know, and, and I think this is what I wanted to be? When I was about to get out of the Army, and bro, we've been talking about it for a while, and just, you know what I'm saying, from where we came from, we kind of wanted to have something that we can say, we did this, and can't nobody take something away from you that you did. It might leave on your own, but can't nobody take it away from you. Like, you still got that feeling, so we were just like, like I said, we did our homework, and we thought about this, and he had a good idea, and we figured it out, and just hope for the best, and just put in the hard work, that's all. So what what challenges y'all you guys face? Because I already know you know don't nothing come easy. So um, what challenges you guys face building a business? I mean it's it's, it's endless challenges like like you know saying competition. You might got to get to a new area. Somebody there been there before you, so they kind of gonna trust them more. Or maybe like I said, bro, social media networking, doing mm -hmm. a lot of dead ends. Like you got to put yourself out there, but. You can't make some. It's a luxury, so you can't make somebody do it. You gotta just show that you out there, show you doing a good job, and be like, hey, you know, I mean, you gotta get your car clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, correct. You know what I'm saying? You can do it yourself, which is cool. Ain't no wrong with that. But if you want it done, and you're not a professional, like some people can do good jobs. That's how I started, just learning on my own car. That's mm -hmm. before I even went to school. I just I to clean my car all the time. So I hated my car to be dirty. I ain't want to like I'd be like yo don't don't do nothing. So I just did it, and naturally it was like so when bro talked about it, I was like I've been doing this. So uh, but so I wasn't professional, so I still had to go through the proper way to get my certificate, get my degree, get all that stuff like that. But basically just get certified because you do a nice car, people want to like well my guy certified. They can say that, you know, they can buy I got a professional detailer. He's actually went to school for it. So I'm assuming there's a lot of people that's not certified that do what you guys do. I mean, everybody not certified in everything. So I assume I don't know anybody like personal, but it probably is. You know, that's just how it is. You got to make your money. But I'm just saying, like, it's something that you can have as comfort. You can be like, well, I got a professional doing my car. So got it. Gotcha. you would trust them more on a luxury car than... Yes, I would. A regular person. Just Absolutely. off the rip. Just you buy, oh, we're well, a professional. Yeah, okay, I'm going to take my chance on this guy before I take my chance on this guy. So, And you, I guess you guys service, you guys drive to their house and clean it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's who came to your, 
Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. yeah. The blue. The blue truck. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 I didn't even know much about detail until bro. Like I, I when I came, I had got a uh, Detroit. I had got an Escalade, and I had went through the little <laughs> factory wash, and I had mm-hmm. posted a picture. Then people was like, "Yo, why you going through?" The-? I am not. I'm not knowing like, at the time. Miss the payment. That's what they was telling me, yeah. but I'm not knowing. And then when I came back home to Virginia, bro, used to always be washing his car, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I don't want bro to wash my car. You know what I mean? But bro, help me out. So bro was like, you can go up to the auto bill and get a car detail. So I'm not yeah. knowing what a detail was at the time, but I wanted my car to look nice. Mm-hmm. But that, that's how the idea started coming along. So when I used to go there and get my car detail, one time I wanted to get a wax and I'm like, damn bro, this took a long time. Like, mm. I'm sitting here for a long time. I'm not knowing <laughs> though. Look, wax bullet dropped that thing off. But I'm not knowing. So he, bro helped me like, with, cause he used to always wash his car and then goes to the detail and, I'm, and then he started explaining more and more to me. So when I started doing it, I was like, I love getting the detail, but I just didn't like sitting there. So mm-hmm. I was like, bro, what are we, you know what I mean? But at the time in Virginia, we ain't have people coming around doing it in Virginia. If they did, mm-hmm. we didn't know. Uh-huh. So we was like, all right, we, we can go down to Florida. Like we can try somebody in Florida. But we started looking, doing our research, and they obviously was big in Florida. But we was like, mm-hmm. right, we still gonna try because at the end of the day, like we just felt like it would it would it would make sense. And we got he went to the right look in uh, San Diego, I think. Yeah. And did yeah. the um the whole training course. It was for like what, what I don't know, like four or six days or something like that. Four days. Or six it was a week. Days. It was a it was a week for sure. Okay. But, um, I forgot what day I left, but I know I came back on the weekend. Training. Came, yeah. And so, I left like Monday or something like that. So. What is, What is one of the, the biggest mistakes you made, like building your business? It, you know, if somebody coming up is like, man, this is the stuff you want to take. You go this route. Ah, uh, that's tough. I mean, it's everybody got their own kind of thing they think is a mistake, you know. But I mean, you can trust people, but you don't want to be vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? When mm-hmm. you got a business, you got to mm-hmm. make them know that that's your business. So. If you show any sign of like vulnerability, I mean, people gonna take advantage of you. So. We, we almost had the guy, like you yeah. said, we almost mm-hmm. had a guy take advantage. The first mm-hmm. the first year, the guy who some guy came to us with the idea mm-hmm. of a garage, came to Rogue with the idea mm-hmm. of the garage, the detailing garage. Like, oh, oh cool. got it, got it. But we started talking to him more and more. We was like not like trusting him, but bro was like, it's something about this guy, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. he came with a whole angle of like changing everything with the business. He was it was just weird, and yeah, we was like, I don't you know where, like we we good, like you know what I mean? Because yeah. he liked the idea, but he wanted to change everything his way, the colors, the garage. But we was, the garage was gonna be for like uh, at the time, like ceramic coating is big now, but it's either done in your garage or like a detailed garage. But he was gonna front or do the detailing garage and then we was gonna like merge everything but he tried to control everything like before yeah. we even got to that point and the, bro was yeah. like the, nah. the same the same people that got an idea to make a business it's got people that's trying to be like you know what our job is to be like we're gonna steal some out of business yeah, so there's people out there that actually lurk on stealing your business they like you know what if they don't do their copyright if they don't do this if they don't get this we can take it and there's people that actually like make a living of that so yeah, I, I believe you. And that's why I say, like, when you got a business, you got to be firm because you walk around and you just trusting everybody. You might just, it might happen to you. So you get burnt. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were like, yo, we did this ourselves. We did our homework. We're going to just, we're going to keep it that way until further notice. But we open for, like, growth. But we don't, like I said, you got to let people know that you're not going to just take something somebody built because it's a different, it's a different feeling, you know. So working with somebody else mm-hmm. and building it, you don't want to just let it go away like that. So, so how many vans y'all have now? Just y'all, just one. Yeah. One. Okay. How, and y'all, how long y'all been doing it? What four? Going yeah. Four and a half, like yep. four years. Sixteen. The, 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 that's why he say big on the trust, like because yeah. if once we add someone, like like I know and he know, like whenever my bad, whenever bro go do a detail, 
like he's not gonna be going to nobody personal items or you know like bro gonna go in there do a detail stay professional in and out you know what I mean but whoever we hire you have to have that same mentality to go in there and do the same thing because they go in there and start lifting up people middle consoles and going to people you know what I mean like that's that could be bad for business so so that's why we've been trying to get to someone we can trust when we get to the second van you know what I mean it'll be the same mentality the professionalism he has because it's like not only you got to show trust to us. We got to actually make you look presentable so these people can trust you. They can't, mm-hmm. like, you can't just, they can be like, oh, well, you know what? I, yeah, okay, I'm going to trust this guy. Like, he got a good vibe or you can't just have somebody out there because that one time, that one mistake, it can do, like, it can do damage. Now, have y'all, have y'all tried to hire somebody before? Well, we, we've been in the process of it, but we haven't fully hired nobody yet. But okay. we, we always start the process of just, you know, trying to figure stuff out, you know, hopefully get somebody to start training and, so it's hard to find good people. Yeah, it got weird yeah. both times, actually. Yeah. We just kind of was like, you know what? We're going to kind of ease our way back. Because once again, it's, it's still time. weird. Because it, 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 bro can't show up one time, and he didn't train him and everything, and they go over there and start doing different things that he not normally used to doing. That's yeah, You that, lose that, this that, client. It's yeah, bad luck right there. Right away. And, and, and plus referrals at the end of the day. Yeah, referrals all day. So that's why you drank all that water. Yeah, and then, like, <laughs> and like I said, it's like... If you if somebody just working for you, that's not their business. So we all been there, a younger age, working at a fast food joint. You just you just throwing the patties up there. You know what I'm saying? You just you trying to get the mm-hmm. job done. So you don't want to get a detailer that can just be like, oh, I'm just trying to breeze through to get this money, and then he damage a car or because he being nonchalant, he don't care about the business. He just care about that's I, just, I just want to yeah, clean this car. Yeah. So now like that can happen if you hire somebody that's they trick you, but they not even really got a good work ethic. So you got to like. Has somebody that really want to work that's not yeah, going to mess got, up a car. Yeah, this is like what well, I do a lot of video video work. Now, you can always hire somebody to do video work, but you want somebody that has passion in what they're doing that's not really collecting yeah, the check. Because right. you want them to be creative. They want, you know, whatever they're doing, make, exactly. it, make it spotless, just like when you're cleaning the car. And it's hard to get people to have the same vision that you got. Exactly. Because when you do get somebody like that, you're going to trust them, like you yeah. just said. You know, they're going to do the same exact thing that you're going to do, especially in a tough situation. What would he do? And you you never got to worry about the end of the day. And I think, you know, as entrepreneurs own the business, I think that's the hardest thing is anything is finding somebody that you trust, um, that you don't have to be out there seven days a week. Because when you got that, that backup person, you know, that's your leeway to get some freedom. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. Mm-hmm. And, and word of mouth is huge. That's what's been helping us a lot too. Like I do a lot of stuff on social media, like engaging and like leaving comments and saying mm-hmm. stuff. You know, going so from there. You and Emmett. Yeah. Emmett I, the funny thing is, I want to say, Emmett, no, 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 real talk. Like when I when Emmett first when we first started following each other, I would look at Emmett page like. How you know? How you know him, Mike? But he's engaging. You know what I mean? Because I will see. But, but I took a part of that and, and started doing it, and it actually started working. Seriously, with the business like just reaching out and engaging, like whatever it is, and then they start returning the favor. Look um, at the brokerage, like I, from other people that's um, agents. They always they notice one thing about Emmy, like man, your broker he likes and comments on everybody's stuff on, everybody, on the whole team. His name out there, like it's yeah. crazy. It's like that's that's something little, but it's big it though. Works, it's like big. You have it with that note. Real talk, and because if we had the Instagram page but since we opened like four years, and then yeah, the year, this yeah. year, I just was on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, engage, oh, engage. I'm like, oh man. Oh, so engagement really works. It really yeah, works. It like works, it's, it's not even to the point where you just being annoying. You just being nice. Like you know, just hey, you know, like not even saying, hey, come follow my business. It's like you just being You're nice. You gotta be active. like four thousand now. We started. We was like a. 300, 400, yeah, there's actual yeah. followers, like no buy, no boat, no bots, none of that. Yeah, that's like, crazy. Like, you got to grind, man. Yeah, yeah. bro, put, you got to put hours in. Like, just, 
It's a real it, job. It's, yeah, it's yeah. A, you gotta put See, hours in. You gotta put, you know, yeah, you gotta put hours in, man. <laughs> just like, okay, so, um, do y'all y'all know Crabman Three Hundred Five, right? Crabman Three Hundred Five down, down in my down in Miami. I think I heard it, but okay. So they're like, let me let me see where they follow us at right now. That's a hundred thousand. And they're one sixty nine. So when I met them, when I met them, I think they was maybe like thirty thirty thousand. So I asked them like, like, look, how how y'all growing y'all followers so fast? Because when I met them, they was in a garage mm. serving food. All right, but one of the one of the owners like, man, he's like, I work at like a job. At the top of every hour, I post. A picture of food every single hour, the top of every hour. Really? Post that, that yeah, that memory. Yeah. And and that and that's how the followers really started to grow. He really? posted that top of every hour, and yeah. and it just it because you got you got to look at the the metrics of of your IG followers, right? And if you look at how many people's on it, there are different people on it every hour. Exactly. Different people. They tap into somebody. So you're tapping into everybody. And if if somebody engaged and you like and you back, you engage back, now you're introducing yourself to those people audience every single hour. And then within an hour, other people who you just introduce your business to, they're going to introduce it to other people in that hour. And so you got 12 hours or however many hours that they do it every top of every hour. You getting more brand exposure, so of course, you can see how it multiplied from yeah. like thirty thousand to hundred sixty thousand. I I tell them I would, like yeah. I, when I'm going into the gym, like I'm like liking pictures, comment, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. engaging, like you know, follow, follow back, whatever, like from morning time, then like in the afternoon, like you know what I mean, nighttime before I go to sleep, so they wake up to it. Mm-hmm. But even with the detail, they they're big into cars, so I. Overseas, I'm in Japan, like in pictures in cars. You know what I mean? They following us, so like they engage me. But like, you really got to work it though. You can't just because we just used to post pictures and just sit there, yeah, and just see how it work. Like that ain't gonna work. We just go to the hashtag and like pictures. And ain't gonna, they ain't gonna no. come over with it. So, so I, I would say that that's the biggest mistake. Thought you gonna just post it and watch it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I was sure taking up my Instagram. Like man, I post on my gram. People like pictures, but nah, I ain't. Nah. But I already had the followers. You know, we were trying to gain the followers yeah. and people to see the business. Yeah. So it was mm-hmm. not man. shaking like. Yeah. So, work. so business, since your since the Instagram has started going up, has business picked up a whole, tremendously too? Yes. So y'all get a lot of leads from IG. Yes, and we we learn really? how to do media ads on very, Facebook. Yeah, social media is. It's, it's so nice. do y'all even pay for like marketing, advertise outside of like flyers? Ads. I did. I learned how to do the ads on Facebook. So like to get different campaigns, who to shot, who to run the campaigns to. Got I continuously run it to details. So speak our language. Yeah, yeah. I've been on it, bro. Like, I, this, this time, the team, when I came home, I was just like, I was in the, in the office in my crib. Like, bro was out there grinding detail. I'm like, all right, you out there? Because I just came over from a season, so bro was like, yo, you can just rest. So when he was out there, I'm like, all right, cool. Since I'm here, I'm going to just be on the computer. And right, I just started yeah, fading right. out on the computer, just well, going the whole time. And then start like, shaking. Like, yeah, slowly. So how many people like, y'all actually work with weekly? It, dep- it depends. Before, before yeah. COVID. COVID helped though. It it like, COVID will help y'all out. That, yeah. that one month when it first, like one, like, because everybody wanted to be clean, like we want to yeah. be clean, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like right away, it was like, you know, getting clean. You clean your house up, you hand sanitize everywhere. Like, if you get in a dirty car, you can just feel out of, you, you like, they feel out of place. So y'all so, was busy. So, yeah. yeah, they want their car clean too, because you got think you driving That's to the store. I came over there last time. Yeah. <laughs> Bro. You, you driving, you driving to the store, you driving to the <laughs> shops, like you driving to all these places what? that people like, might have it. You like, you know what? They always say go out and be clean. You like I gotta 
clean my car. I've been to like 14 stores this week. Like, well, boy, I got to clean my God, car. Like, does it mean you was washing certain cars a whole bunch of times during the week? It was, it was, yeah. like, I think it, at one point it was, uh, it was like five one day and four yeah, the next be, day. Yeah. We had one community did in like, like a community was, it'd be, it'd like be, it'd be every day. Yeah, it'd be every like, day. Right. Dang, mm. I, I knew yeah, COVID helped out a lot of businesses. I ain't think about that. Yeah, and then we, you know, bro had the idea. He thought the idea about the, the hand sanitizer. So, and that was a good idea. Like it made people feel even more safe. Like they were like, yo, they come clean it. They get your hand sanitizer. Like, so like they were like, I glad I called this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I glad. Like it was so it, it worked out. It worked out for us. Mm. Oh, that's real though. Yeah, yeah. It was panty mode when it first started, but then we were like, you know what? People gotta be clean. I mean, if, if you said you have panty mode really, like, in that point as an entrepreneur, you probably, like, you but, lied to yourself. But you, you know, know what? When when COVID hit, one thing we did at, because we, we only used to meet, like, what, once a week. We only used to meet, like, once a week. Nah, we we do, like, you do the the, tra- the PB6 training, the what's the name? You like, like, like three no, times okay, a week. No, twice. But when COVID hit, we added three times. Yeah, cause Wednesday too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wednesday. we we added Wednesdays, but uh, and I can say that like, man, I, yeah, the business exploded as well. So, but we just added more trainers. Really, we just yeah. added more trainers throughout the week. And, um, we didn't come to the office. Yeah, we didn't yeah. come to the office. I think, you know, the office is overrated, you know. Sometimes bad situations, it brings out something to certain people. Yeah, like, we just started coming yeah. back in the office, like, I would say within this last month. Last like, from month. this whole time, we Man. came in just on Wednesdays to do, like, podcast Podcasts. stuff or Wednesdays the other day. But now, like, every day now, it's kind of office, going yeah. back to, I, know, I ain't going to really say normal because they're talking numbers spiked up, but normal anyways. Yeah. I know y'all crazy, ain't it? Yeah, it's crazy. Everybody goes about to start back buying TVs. They talking about Walmart got a new wave of people buying groceries for the third (laughs) round. I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) They about to mess up all that holiday money. They trying to put everybody in panic mode. I know. That's crazy. They ain't going to put me in no panic mode. No, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. That button definitely ain't being pressed. No, we, we, we really was just ready to turn up, though. When For me, when I see panic, when I know other people are panicking, yeah. I know that there's a lot of opportunities finna come about. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like, you know, I, my radar get cut on. I start looking. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at numbers. I'm seeing what opportunities finna come up at. Mm-hmm. And if I see, for, for us, I knew that there was going to be a lot of professionals, real estate professionals that's going to be sitting on the sideline because... They're scared. I said, okay, while well, they sitting on the sideline, we finna run it up. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. finna run it up. And that's and how me and bro was. We weren't, we weren't scared. Like, me and bro weren't scared. We were like, you were like, look, man. We were like, look. <laughs> if, if, if I mean, like, we, we did our precautions. We had our masks. We had our gloves. We had our spray. Like, we, we did our precautions. But yeah. we were like, yo, we're going to be out there. Like, we're not going to just be like, oh, we're not going to come out there because of this. Because if you can go to the store and get some food, well, you can go do this. You can go do a detail. Like you can do like so. So you can't say I, I was safe at the store, but you were around five hundred people. But I'm doing a detail. Nobody's around. I'm there by myself. Oh, the yeah. clients inside the house. So I'm actually way safer than you doing a detail than you are going to, to get groceries. Right. I, I get gas. So I, I was like, man, bro, like, bro, like, yo, let's just. Look, I know y'all making money because I got my car washed and I'm mad they couldn't clean the inside. They talking about we don't we ain't clean the insides right now. I'm like, God, dog, that's what I really need. Yeah, yeah. It, so. it, it depends on what's needed inside, like shampoo. Yeah, but it's definitely it it, it, can, it can go up like depending on what you need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you just want a basic, it can be chills. But it gets to the point where we just try to have it where it's either 
obviously it's on you first and foremost, whatever you want, but some people get it to the point where I, the clients want either like biweekly or, you know what I mean, monthly. So they get to the point where that's the ones where we get the kind of help when you know on schedule, all right, this Thursday we show up here at nine o'clock, you know, because so they the mm-hmm. ones that kind of help. That's when bro get Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So people ha- on schedule to get their cars washed. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, we like schedules. Oh, like, we'll, yeah, we'll give you a reminder. Yeah, it's in our email reminders and everything. Yeah. So it'd be pretty cool. And you build that trust. You know, you build that trust that they had you on schedule. They show up. They, hey, what's up, Mac? Hey, what's going on? You know, like that. Hey, you know, you know what I want. <laughs> and that, like it's cool. You know, I get it done. It's like it's go ahead and run it up. You want to get to that level. I want to get to the level that I'm with like that with everybody. That mm-hmm. you know me. You know me. You know my brother. You show up. We gonna get the job done. Who are we trained to get the job done? So like that's actually what you really want to shoot for. Now, now being that you guys are from Virginia and you relocated here, to Florida, built business. Do you feel that being from Virginia, building a business here in Florida, you feel like it's a disadvantage, or you feel like that's an advantage being like out of your normal element? Uh, I would say advantage. Yeah, it's advantage. If you can if you can thrive in a area you're not familiar with, then you actually build way more confidence in yourself because you don't got yeah. no safety net. Mm-hmm. So people they always want to have a safety net because mm-hmm. they they expect to fail. They like yeah, if I fail, I got my mom, I got this this this. this but you go to where you don't know nobody. It's just you and your bro. You like yo, we not gonna fail. Like it's so. Not so do you feel like it's because do you feel that you can have the same success if you was a built the same business back in Virginia? I, I think I think I must I must say it from this point of view. If 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 my name if I if my basketball name wasn't mm-hmm. attached to it, I would say yes. But because okay. our city, everything is so small, they can be like, oh man, he played basketball, so he probably already got something. And he got I'm not giving him no money to do that too, you know what I mean? So oh, that's the yeah. way it kind of was in Virginia, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I think if we would have been there and it wouldn't have been Macklin's Another name, something yeah. else. It would have been a different way to push it because I don't think it's the, the, it's no money there. I think it's just that they would have probably looked at us like I'm not giving him no more money. They don't even know what I have. They just know me from basketball. Yeah, so they that's you, why. Mm. So they don't want to give you to. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. That's why a lot that's of people. Crazy. I think a lot of people in different professions the same way. They end oh, up yeah. they end up doing better somewhere else because everybody know them. But like, man, I, I remember him growing up. Did they judge you off your work alone? They don't yeah. judge you off of like what, what they think you got, or they they judge mm-hmm. off your work. They like do you good do a good job? Yes or no. Correct. That's all. That's all that matters to me. Like, but you go home, you can do the outstanding job. They gonna be like, nah, man, I ain't getting that guy no money, man. Mm-hmm. He probably or, got some Yeah, so, let me let me get a free one or something like that. Like, cool. I mean, you can get a free one. We got that plan. You can get a free one, but we can <laughs> get a first one free. Like, that's, that's, that's wild. So, you know what? It, it is right. You at home, everybody want that homeboy discount. Yeah, yeah. I give you a homeboy discount, like I said, but the first one ain't gonna be a homeboy discount unless it, it's, it's it's different. Like I said, you ain't just come to me out of nowhere. I'm like, yo, come do my car, bro. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, yeah. I know why you're saying this. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you, I know you be busy. Right, yeah, yeah, it got its days, you know, but that's a good thing. You want to be busy. So, yeah, so how long, what's the, how long it take to do a car? It, like I said, that, it always changes. Like, because no car is the same. So, like, mm-hmm. you can have a car that somebody just drove it once and it might take an hour to do. That yeah, same car, somebody might have came from a road trip. Yeah, so okay. that's going to probably take three and a half hours if they want the really? wax and your whole got buzz everywhere. So like I said, it, it, it always changes. That's mm-hmm. a good thing, though. It's, all, like, it's never the same. It's never well, the same time. Bro. Well, that's good. That's so good. Being, being that, well, first of all, what areas around Orlando do you guys service? Do you serve all Orlando or mainly like West Orlando or? 
No, we'd have been, we'd have been everywhere almost. We've been this whole surrounding area within what hour radius, the, hour and a half radius. The only, the only thing is yeah. like going that far, like Orlando. Like if you yeah. go too deep, like what past thirty minutes, got to be like either a, a gold or a platinum or a two detail. So like, got it. It can't be a silver. He get, he's not gonna drive. You know the thirty five minutes for you know thirty five dollar detail. So it has yeah. to be something. But other than that, like right around Winter Garden, uh, Wondermere, um, what Kissimmee, Claremont, like it's a lot. Like but we've been in Orlando as well, just not too deep unless it's gold. Got it. Now, now being that you guys are a minority owned business, do you guys get any like pushback about um, clientele or do people try to like not let you in the community? You know, like how how is that? <laughs> oh yeah, um, I didn't I didn't have such scenarios at the beginning, but. It was one or two situations that somebody be like, oh, there's no soliciting. You can't do that out here. You know, you pass out the flyers and mm-hmm. you get mad. Yeah. You, know? you know, you get one or two, but that's just life. It's, you can't really let that bother you. You can't expect everybody to be like, oh, thank you, buddy. Like, so yeah, you were, just you let it go. You know, I mean, like I said, and I'm, me and bro, like I said, we grew up in a different, we grew up kind of, you know, hardened. So we don't really let stuff like that get to us mentally. And I went to the Army, so I'm not going to let somebody just say, hey, buddy, I'm <laughs> it's not going to phase me at all. I, you can, yeah. I'm, I'm just going my way. I'm like, okay, I just passed off 500. You just the one that didn't want it, so that's not going to bother me. At all. I was nervous. <laughs> See? I ain't going to lie. I told him I was nervous. I was over to the car. I was t- talking to the car. Like, you want to put it right here, bro? Like, he was like, yeah, you good, bro. But he was, because he was used to, he got turned down a few times. But, like, I was overseas when I came back. But I was just trying to do the flyers and all the business cards. But I was nervous. I was even nervous to speak out about the business. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't really know how to speak on it without making you think I'm leaning on you to use it, you know yeah. what I mean? So I was yeah. always playing the background, like not really saying much, and we was out for four years. Gotcha. So that's how mm. I You more comfortable now though, aren't you? Yeah, way more comfortable. Absolutely. But th- that's just how I started getting with the area too. Like I was really like, like just, you know, when I we came out here, I was always gone, like gone. This is the longest I've ever been in the area. Like I always, really? yeah, like I always, uh, over the first five, been here five, was going on six years. Yeah. The first few years to go here, like maybe like, the, through the summer, three, four months, and then I'm back overseas. Mm. Dang. As long as I've been here. Wow, so how you, you, you liking it now since you've been here? Yeah. Well, it's, it's changed. I, I know for a fact it's changed over the years because it's yeah. grown to be like, yeah. you know, more comfortable and, you know, but I, when he first came, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. you know, he was a loner. Yeah. Far in between. It was like the third or fourth crib we got out there. Third or fourth crib, I think. Mm. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, it, it took a minute for, to develop. Like, he's over in the Rising West. So it took a minute to develop. Oh, everything. Was y'all? Yeah, I think he's like a couple, a couple neighborhoods down. Oh, okay. That, oh, dang. Y'all was, y'all, y'all moved in. Y'all was there before you? Yeah, because even, they even. Nothing, they want nothing. No, it wasn't Walmart. No, not that many Publix. Y'all, you got here when I got here. I've been here six years, Orlando. Yeah, I've been here six years. Yeah, because yeah. right there, that Horizon West area, oh, nothing. Nah, man, it's just dirt roads oh, and dirt. orange groves. God, nothing over there. Well, I was driving out. I think I made a bad boo. It was all <laughs> there. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, now I went overseas and came back. I was like, yo. Yeah, it's booming. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Never seen that before. Bro, yeah. that junk built up so quick in six years. Fair. Like, Publix over there, Walmart, Walmart. movie theater, all the homes they building, like man, yeah. I, I remember it was nothing but trees and stuff driving from there to Maitland, uh, from Four Corners, and all, yeah. all that junk they got built up. Yeah, tremendously. So, any real estate investments? 
Nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. I know we 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 spoke about it. We spoke about it. Yeah, I had I had I had backed out of fear at the wrong time though. It, it was it was a guy, a friend of mine, got burnt and they fear. Mm. I was in fear, like oh. See, we we talk about that a lot, man. Cause I I got a lot of uh, NFL friends, former NFL friends, former uh, NBA, and also some artists, and a lot of them, their past experience when it comes to investing, is not good. But at the same time, you know, who were they investing with? Who was the person right. meant to them about the process? What I always like to tell them is, you know, just, you have to understand what you're getting into. If you don't understand it, then take a step back. And if the person who you're doing business with can't teach you, then find somebody else. Because you should be able to learn from the person who's helping you make the investment so you understand what the return and risk um, will, will be and, you know, should be and what your return should be at the same time. So it's just different. I think a lot of people when um, a lot of... Uh, people they they target like you know professional yeah. athletes and so mm-hmm. forth, and they abuse they abuse the 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 access to funds, mm-hmm. and so because of that, they I think that they instruct and mislead people to make investments that beyond the comprehension level, and if it's beyond the comprehension level, then that investment shouldn't be made. Just like what we do with regular first time home buyers, like somebody come to me and they want to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house and they never bought a two hundred thousand dollar house. Then look, let's let's take steps. I want to show you how to get to the five hundred without you overextending your budget. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with you know taking yeah. steps and then investing up. But you got to understand what you're getting into, understand the risk liability, what the overhead and carrying cost is going to be for that investment vehicle. So then you know exactly how it's going to play out for you to invest up, transition out or turn it into a cash flow property. So with that being said, I think a lot of the athletes, again, are being targeted to invest in something that's far beyond their knowledge and comprehension at that particular at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And they're not being sat down and educated about how to make that investment properly. You know, I think that in due time with the proper education and patience, you can bring somebody education level up to the proper part to the proper point where they can be confident and make that make that decision and understand who they need to put in place to help manage it. Because if they're occupied, whether they're overseas or wherever and they can't manage it, they got to they have to make sure they have the right people managing or else it could be a good investment. But it would be an investment poorly managed, which if you especially if you're doing commercial if you understand how the commercial assets and, and how the value is determined, then you understand that the property management is very important of that investment vehicle. Because you can buy for one for one one purchase amount, have poor management, or not do your proper due diligence on the leases um, and other and other aspects of that commercial building. Then at the same time, you can invest bad going in, right, you know, true. or allow things to lapse. Like it, like you, we look at, let's say you go into a twenty unit apartment, right, and Maybe fifty percent of the fifty percent of the, the units have brand new leases on them, but those leases shouldn't be calculated to to, to determine the actual amount for the unit because they're new leases. And how many leases is about to expire? Is twenty of them about to uh, ten of them about to expire? So you know now you have ten new leases that you just hired. You don't you know, that you that they just signed. You don't know if these leases are good. You don't know the backgrounds. That you or you have to check the backgrounds, but you don't know if they just signed these leases just to get occupy the unit to verify the value, and then you have 10 that's about to expire. Really, you got a bad investment right. if you're investing off of those leases because you got 10 that's about to expire, 10 that's new. Yeah. yeah. So that's another story. That's another podcast. Yeah. But look, man, <laughs> appreciate you guys stopping by, man. Um, you know, no keep problem, inspiring. Man. I know that yeah. it, you guys are, are seen in a different light from, from, from the hometown. I know you're them hometown heroes, but... 
man. Keep shining, man. Keep, <laughs> yeah, keep, yeah. keep doing what you guys doing, man. Um, and of course, you know, keep balling, man. No question. Man. Appreciate you, you guys. Oh, yeah, VA you, man. all day. Oh yeah, yeah, man.